Welcome to Coffee and Chat with Rev. Bruce. I am Reverend Bruce Jackson. I wanted to follow up to our first episode, part one, and bring you part two, um, still with Viet Mai. And what Viet did here was continue a little bit about education, talking about his work with youth, as well as some of the other things that are going on, but we got into it a little bit about passing the baton. Um, is there still hope in what we see with our next generation coming up? It was real interesting what he has to say about um, our youth coming up. So enjoy part two of episode one, and you have a blessed day, have a better day, and become a better you. Peace. Um, so wait a minute, Viet, wait a minute. You mean to tell me, you, you first you come on here and you you almost bashed the education system itself, right? And now you said, <laughs> <laughs> now for higher ed, you're saying, wait a minute, man, you don't even need to sign up for a master's immediately. You need to go out and, and, and discover the world and discover yourself I, before I, I, jumping in that. I think that, so. Um, some people know okay. what they want to do. I mean, everyone is going to be different. Yeah. Um, you know, my aunt, who is like 80 something years old, she she's she went back to school. She's retired and she went back to get her her bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And so she you know, I'm proud of her, you know, and uh, that's you know, that's the kind of example that shows like you can live a full life and not feel pressured into getting a degree. Um, and, and you do it for your own self-fulfillment. I, you know, if, if I had a chance, you know, do, did I, um, have any regrets about, you know, going back to school other than the student debt? No. Right. Like, so, mm -hmm. so sometimes people would be like, well, I don't want to be in debt. And, and I get that. Right. Yeah. And for me, I chose to do it because I, I literally hit a wall, like not literally, but I, I was really in a hole, uh, yeah. emotionally, mentally, motivationally. And so I needed to figure out, you know, the question I went into it was, what is the social innovation that needs to happen in education? Mm. And, or rather for education. And so what I realized, and I kind of confirmed is that, you know, my solution isn't in the educational system. Um, just like I was saying, we have to learn things in the real world. Well, that was the key. Um, I am working on a, a, a concept or a platform to basically activate the, the education in the community, user-to-user uh, -user learning. You know, I learned a lot from the people that I worked, I served with in, in the community. Uh, so is that where, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, um, the, the, so um, through my program, uh, master's program, we uh, are, are part of our fulfillment was to do a capstone project. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of an open ended concept. Uh, we could start a, a business. Uh, we could enter the global social innovation challenge. You could do a research project. And I said, you know, when I came in here to figure out how to start a business, 
And so I said, you know what, let me do the research. Let me put together a solid business uh, model uh, as a as business plan. And um, I learned a lot about the startup world and that's kind of the world that I'm in right now. So I created a concept and a, a co-created anyways, I have a partner and we came up with a Vinci. So Vinci.net, V-I-N-C-I-I. So I've, I've got Vinci up right now. Let me uh, let me go ahead and share that with the people. Right, you keep talking, Vier. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so Vinci is an online portal for community education, and the goal is to basically activate the teaching and learning that uh, can happen in the community. I mean, we do workshops all the time. Um, in you know, we go to Eventbrite, we go to Facebook events, you know. Um, but there's no real uh, portal that can 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 get you directly to just strictly education. Everything is just so um, what's the word saturated with with various events, whether they be parties or uh, fundraisers or uh, sometimes workshops, sometimes they're game nights, sometimes they're you know networking events. Uh, we wanted to create a portal that was that was focused only on education. Um, as you can see in the title, uh, we do it for people, we do it for businesses, we do it for nonprofits. So we've I've I've helped come up with a model that I feel like helps build a a educational ecosystem that isn't dependent on bureaucracy. I I consider it dem democratizing education. And a lot of those concepts come from uh, my research and my my learnings when you know about the history of education, and so I, I'm hoping to create a model that you know everyday people like you and I uh, can offer workshops about our own expertise, and people can actually learn and build a curriculum uh, of their own uh, based on whatever they want to do in their life, and they can put together a curriculum based on community educators. So if you're someone who is an artist like me and you want to also start a business with your art, then where do you, what, what uh, college program is gonna allow you to do that? You're either gonna have to be an art major or you're gonna have to be a business major. But in this kind of real world curriculum, uh, we're allowing people to find the right educators and piece their, their, their game plan together. So they're going to learn from artists who are in business. They're going to learn from businesses who incorporate art. So it's just this, this more dynamic way of learning from each other rather than in high tuitions and going into debt. Uh, and, then, and then there's the economic and the social barriers that go with, with higher ed and the education system in general. So Yeah. Uh, it, so let me... Let me let me toss this out. You, you mentioned the the program at USD, you know, social innovation. I'm I'm curious about this whole adaptive leadership and human centered design thinking that's incorporated with that. Can you uh, can you tell me about that and and give some people some insight into that as well as how does that fit into your work with people? Right. Uh, sure. Um, 
I learned both of those concepts in, in my, in my graduate program. And I was introduced to adaptive leadership through my, uh, through souls. I took a, uh, so part of my program, we were able to take classes from different colleges. And for me, I was at the Croc school of peace studies, but I was really, you know, for the longest time, I wanted to do the nonprofit leadership, uh, program at souls, a school of leadership and education. That's what SOUL stands for. And uh, we were, and so part of the, um, the social innovation program, we had an option to take a, a leadership class. And in there, we use adaptive leadership as the framework. And adaptive leadership is basically uh, saying that change and adaptive change happens from informal uh, authority and formal authority. So it's acknowledging that yes, we have traditional leaders, we have elected officials, we have CEOs, we have bosses, managers, um, right, authority. And then you have your form informal authority who are your community leaders, the pastors, um, the, the OGs even, right? Like the ones in the community that people look up to and have a voice and and people respect and they have clout because of their the way they operate or the way they think or how they communicate with people what i realize is that i've been an informal authority most of my life most of my career so i for me to put those words together and and really have an understanding of the framework and it it, it makes a point that everything that we get into has a language, just like uh, the startup and the business community. Um, there's human centered design is kind of the framework for the startup world now. So if you want to start a business, you're going to learn about uh, rapid prototyping, you're going to learn about human centered design or design thinking, right? These are some terms that you are going to encounter when you enter the startup world, or you go into circles that are about building a business. And so human-centered design uh, is essentially is forget what you're trying to do for a minute and just start asking questions for people. And when you start asking open-ended broad questions like what is a perfect day in your world? And what you do is you listen mm -hmm. for the things that people what work for them and then you say well what would be uh, a, a least perfect world right like what would be a, a terrible day and you start to listen about what their concerns are mm -hmm. what their needs are and so this is sort of like uh the old school canvas in the neighborhood listening campaign but in a more formalized yes setting. yes Yes. Okay. It's more formalized. Um, it is very bottom up rather okay. than top down. A lot of times when people have a great idea, um, they, they, they want to create the idea and then sell it to people. Yeah. Shove it. And, and that is kind of backwards in the way the current uh, way of doing things in, in this startup world, because because there's a lot of energy and resources that go into that top-down model. Um, okay. You know, some people can 
have that kind of capital and some people can build, you know, a Tesla and assume that people are going to uh, buy it. And there's other people that can't afford to just spend millions of dollars on a prototype and then hopefully it works out for them. Um, so most but it's people, good for the earth, good for the earth. Right. So, so we as entrepreneurs or innovators are really challenged with getting to know the problem in very big, in very great detail. And I, after learning this concept of, of adaptive leadership and, um, and, and, and human centered design, I realized yeah. I, I've been practicing this all of my career. Right. So, I, so I, let me, let me ask you this, you, you know, you, you, you've, you've acquired this knowledge, right? And so in order to apply this knowledge, how does that work with um, the community groups that you're, you know, you're, you're working with, you know, that you've worked with in the past and even uh, currently? Man, learning never stops. So mm -hmm. even after I graduated from, from uh, USD with my master's, I still felt like I needed to learn so much more. Mm -hmm. I saw an opportunity with the RISE Urban Leadership Program. And okay. Yeah. 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 It spoke to me like another, you know, you open up your eyes, you open up your, your, your mind to what is possible, what is available, what is out there. And you really have to be in tune with these opportunities. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I saw a lot of the people I knew going through this, this program called rise urban leadership program, mm -hmm. and it became my turn to consider applying, of course, like that was the natural next move for me in my head, in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, let me apply. When I looked at the application, it said, we are going to use adaptive leadership as mm -hmm. a lot of our framework. And I said, you know what, let me write about that. <laughs> let me, it, it, it then became an opportunity for me to yeah. continue practicing this concept of adaptive leadership. They so, call that a fit. They call that a fit. It, <laughs> it, it's it fit like a glove, right? Yes. And, All right. Um, uh, with my involvement with Rise, man, I learned so much about myself, and that's what kind of helped me become more confident in who I am in just the last two three years. Because mm. um, I will say, before three years ago, like three years ago, I was I was not in a great place at all. Four years All right. ago, I was probably at my worst. Um, I just hit a really dark place. And, you know, uh, mental health is is one of those things mm -hmm. that I hope to um, address and, and not um, keep as a stigma. So yeah. I dealt with depression. Um, I, 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 I found it really difficult to be motivated during that time. I found it okay. really difficult to see, see value in myself. But through being in educational programs or being around people that are trying to improve themselves um, yeah. was such a, a great space for me to be vulnerable, to be, um, to be curious, to be, to explore. Right. And yes. those are the spaces that we all need to look for. We all need to find in our lives one way or another. And if it can be through professionals, uh, that is the key because we can't yeah. do these things on our own and we need help from mentors. So 
that's that's the perfect segue into you know my next question. How does this fit with you know Village of Promise? Village of Promise uh, is an organization that I worked with since it 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 opened up um, okay. 2009, March of 2009. So we are in our 11th year. We've um, we've been working uh, with middle and high school kids of incarcerated parents uh, yeah. out of the southeastern region. So 92114 area code, uh, zip code. And um, that is our specific niche. Uh, the, the board had assembled and had done work as early as 2004. And they did, they did uh, some human-centered design approaches. So they surveyed the community. They mm -hmm. asked the people what it is that they wanted to see for the community. And at first, they did a mental health uh, survey and they did some programming they got money from the california endowment and among other you know uh foundations and and they did a a program for mental health that's why their official uh 501c3 is uh village of promise health outreach mm -hmm. and then they did a second they got a second grant and they surveyed the community and the community said we want more for our children mm. so they did their research and they found a niche demographic that is hardly talked about. Some say okay. they're considered the invisible children of America. And these are the children who have a parent in prison, a yeah. parent um, that has been incarcerated. And we don't, that's not something that we, that I've ever encountered in my years in, an, in the educational system. This is something that was brought to my attention through the youth organizations that I worked mm -hmm. with and the community members, the leaders that were serving the young people. So as uh, Arlene Smith, she's the executive director, mm -hmm. she saw me working with the Aaron Price Fellows Program, which is another youth program that I'm a part of. And she saw how I was working with the youth and she invited me to really get to know the board first to see if I was a good fit, see if the board you know, was a fit for me. And I just really liked their message. And it so allowed me to dig deeper into a very vulnerable population, very challenging um, uh, dynamic to work with. Mm -hmm. And yet I have had some of the most rewarding experiences and known some of the most brightest young people that I've ever met in my life, most resilient. Um, we have somebody who is now uh, in the Marines and mm -hmm. she, she is like a leader in the Marines. I think she graduated to like a, a sergeant um, recently, um, we have people that, you know, got jobs through us because of our work training and, and we work with them to protect their interviews. So we do a lot of hands-on work. We do workshops every weekend, uh, once a weekend, and, and, uh, and, and then an outing, some kind of a field trip, uh, also okay. in a month. And then we have a summer camp as well. It's a five-day summer camp, which is, I've been involved in a summer camp ever since I was a freshman in, in high school, actually. So I was right. either a camper or uh, a, a camp uh, counselor. And I'll tell you, man, those retreats are some of the most life-changing moments that one can ever experience, um, not just as a student, but um, if you ever get a chance to work with young people in that setting, there's something about leaving your immediate area 
and just bonding with a group of people for about four, three to five days or seven days. And um, All right. you just get that really deeper connection. Um, people really, really open up and they get to share stories that they've never had. They never got to share with other people in their lives. And it creates a, a, a healing space, right? Where people can cry together, they can laugh together, and, and they can just enjoy, break bread, uh, play with one another, right? Like play, we're missing a lot of that in our education mm -hmm. system, even in our adult life, you know, the, the concept of play. Everything yeah. has to be so serious and so professional and so like, you know, buttoned up, right? But you yeah. know, as you mentioned, you know, you saw me dancing with the kids and during a talent show. Uh, you know, it's just like that's that's what it's about. You know, we wanna we wanna find ways to celebrate. And so let me ask you this, man. Since you uh, bring that up, the the engagement with the youth, the involvement with the youth, um, and 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 bringing it all the way back to inspiration. How does does this or does this not inspire you and build your confidence in passing the torch, the baton to the generation behind you? It, it always inspires me. I think as educators, we have, uh, in, we inherently have that, right? Like we want to teach the next generation to continue a good pattern for the rest of yeah, the Yeah, we, we desire to, but I definitely want to, want to, I definitely want to push you a, a little further. Is it, are you there where you feel that, oh, I can see, I can see these kids taking it and moving on? I, it, it, you bring up a really good question because I can say yes for a lot of the students that I've worked with and okay. that I continue to watch uh, grow. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they add me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram and I get to see their success and I celebrate yeah. that with them. Yes. Um, I have students that I worked with 20 years ago that are now, you know, um, have master's degrees. They're news anchors. They're, um, you know they're working with young people, right? Yes. They, they, they're getting, you know, they're they're get they're giving back. Yeah. So, but I also um, have encountered a, a sense of, and I hate to say it, man, but there's a lot of I see a lot of disrespect for the for the for the older generations. I somehow mm -hmm. we've lost gen, uh, respect for our elders. Um, sometimes people see me as Mr. Viet, right? Like I I, I have you know, pages that say Mr. Viet. And I got that from you because when we were working at Nubia, you were Mr. Bruce, yeah. uh, you know, everyone was Miss Somebody or Mr. Somebody. And I loved that. And um, the reason why I stuck with it is because even in Vietnamese culture, we have titles. Titles are super important. Mm -hmm. um, if we were to address even family members, uh, my cousins, even if they're older than me, they still address me as Anviet, A-N-H, yeah. my middle name, right? So Anviet means, um, you know, a respect. It's like older brother. Um, mm -hmm. And and for me, everyone has a So in the Vietnamese culture, everyone has a title. So depending on their their status. And it, it's, it's kind of a hierarchy thing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of hierarchy, but I am a huge fan of respect. 
And if that's the way I can show respect to people, then I'm going to refer to them as titles, right? With their, with their appropriate titles. So if someone has a PhD, it's Dr. So-and-so, right? It is um, anyone in my, anyone that's my professor or educator, uh, it's professor so-and-so. Like I have a hard time calling people by their first name, even if they insist on calling me by their first name, then I'll say professor you know, I have one professor, Karen, right? Uh, she was yeah. my, my graduate advisor. And I and I referred to her as Professor Karen, and I still continue to do so, and I hope I continue to still do so. So um, it's a matter of respect for you. It, it's, it is a matter of respect. And I'm seeing, you know, I, I the hashtag OK Boomer. I think it's hilarious, right? Like, I have a sense of humor. I get it. However, I'm I'm afraid that that is is one of those things that is is perpetuating this like you can't tell me nothing, you know, you, yeah. you know you're old school, you know you're outdated, you're irrelevant, and I and I don't like that, and I think it would be considered a cancel culture uh, in in kind of today's speak, and I, I just I I believe that everyone develops human capital um, as they get older. They have human capital, whether they're they're uh, they have a degree or they they work 35 years in you know a workplace and they're retired, right? So yeah. for me, human capital is something that we cannot let go of, right? We do have an issue with our economy and baby boomers. Baby boomers are not ready to retire financially because of the market crashes, right? So when I talk about like passing the torch. I'm trying to find ways for baby boomers to be able to teach workshops based on their expertise and what they've learned along the way mm-hmm. uh, so they don't have to just drive for Uber all the, the, for the rest of their retirement, right? Yeah. Like that, that is a lot of Uber drivers are retired professionals. And I've talked to an Uber driver. He said, what I really want to do is teach. I want to teach engineer. He was a, he was a senior engineer and, and he said, I want to teach. I said, that is, that is an amazing you know, it just, it was just like, cool. And so he was one of the ones that inspired Vinci. And I said, well, I need to figure out how to make this happen. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to build something that is user-friendly. Uh, if you go on the site now, it's, it's functional, but it requires some technical background in order to set up your profile and set up your, yeah. your workshops. But uh, you can actually set up your workshop, uh, put in your PayPal email and, uh, we'll help you promote it and and then whatever the funds that you know however you choose to price your your workshop um, you can you can you can get paid you know right through PayPal so that that for me is is about passing the torch um, I realize that I can't teach everything but I know that there are are basic components of life that will help anybody become successful so foundational literacies right everything is a language so there are some foundational literacies that I put together to help reframe the way we think about education. So rather than math, science, history, uh, language arts, I'm thinking of things like financial literacy, health and wellness, social entrepreneurship, community yeah. engagement, right? Those are those tenets that are going to help us thrive and be better as people, as a community. Rather than the individual mindset that we're we're constantly trained that we got to do all this stuff by ourselves. All right, all right, yeah. So let me pull the brakes on this, man. We we we're we're coming down the last few 
minutes of this. Share with me in a two-minute snapshot what is the most inspiring quote or, or term you've heard or come across um, that still keeps you going right now? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. Uh, she had the famous talk, TED Talk, about vulnerability. And in her follow-up TED Talk, she brings up this concept, um, and, I, and I'm, I may be paraphrasing, but she says, um, the opposite of fitting in is belonging. So rather than us trying to fit in to or assimilate into a, a society, a standard, a status mm -hmm. quo or norm, what I'm seeing now is that more and more people, our communities are now building communities where they belong. So it's wow. not about fitting in anymore. It's about finding the empowerment in your own circles to belong. Amen. You know what, man? I, I, I truly appreciate that, man. And that's it's, it's been a great talk. I, uh, I definitely uh, will have you back some other time and hear some more about what you got going on, what you've added to this uh, since then. Um, let me tell you something, man, uh, from, from brother to brother. Um, for me, it, it's been a pleasure to see your growth and development and you becoming more of a man um, who is well-rounded and who is strengthening others with your own well-roundedness. So, man, I appreciate it. And um, I look forward to, you know, you having further success. Uh, we'll definitely, like I said, bring you back. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's, it's for me, it, it, it gives me a little bit more uh, impetus and, and hope to keep, you know, reaching and teaching back. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so, uh, you know, as, as, as the ancestors said to me, I turn back like the Sankofa bird, even though I'm still moving my feet forward and I pay homage to you. So uh, bless you, brother. I thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you All for right. having me. It's been an honor. All right. Listen up folks. We're about to wrap up. Uh, this is, this has been a complete hour of success. Definitely check out uh, Viet's website, um, both the vietmy.com website, you know what I mean? Um, as well as his uh, Vinci website. They, they both are some, offer something that you can look into. For those that are looking to get online, start your business, check it out. This is what entrepreneurs do. They make themselves known. They market themselves. They share themselves. Listen, this is about you not just having a better day. This is about you becoming a better you. That, that's one thing I can say about you know, um, this journey for, for where, you know, God's taken me. He, he's taken me from where I was to where I am still to where I'm going. And so I'm better, but I've still got to continue to get better. I'm still in development. I'm still evolving. And so I want, I want y'all to tag along with me. I want to tag along on your journey. This is what this is about. Giving hope, to folks that might be ready to quit. Giving hope to people who are on the verge 
of a victory, but also might be on the verge of falling out. Hey, listen, this has been a great time. Remember, my word was peace, right? His was about empathy. Remember what he was talking about. Listen, there are things going on where you might be facing an unlevel playing field, but there are people out there like Viet who are trying to, you know, level that thing up. Trust and believe. Someone else is definitely interested in what you got going on, this adaptive leadership, this human-centered design. It's all in place so that we can be better communities and build better communities. Hey, be empowered today. Be encouraged today. And definitely, most of all, have you a great day. Hey, this is not just me. This is for everybody. God bless.